0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Kuehl Show Quick Shift Edition here on 12 Ounce Sports. I am your host today, the insider of the insiders, Tyler Kuehl. And guys, if you don't realize it yet, this may be the last Quick Shift Edition of TKS. I'm knocking on wood, as I say it, because there's one team that can make that happen. The other team doesn't want it. The other team wants us to go another Thursday here on 12-Hour Sports. But before we get to all that mumbo-jumbo, I want to thank you all once again for watching today's episode here. On Twelve Out Sports, whether you're watching us on YouTube, whether you're watching us on the Twelve Out Sports Facebook or Twitter pages, or if you're watching on Zingo TV, channel seven sixty one. If you want to watch on the big screen, get a Fire Stick, a Roku, whatever. Download Zingo TV. Use the promo code twelve O Z or O Z for all of you improper English users, and then you can sign up for free. and Then watch us on the big screen, or in this case, me on the big screen. Tyler Kuehl here for you here on Twelve Out Sports. We got a lot to get to today, but of course make sure you whenever you talk about this episode today, use the hashtag TKS right up there. It's on the right side now, because it's not like a mirror image, it's actually the correct way. It's right up there. Right 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 there? Right there. Yeah. I don't have to hit Alex in the face today for that. So use the hashtag TKS. Follow us and tweet at us or post at us Facebook, Twitter. Instagram, at The Cueless Show on all three of those platforms. And of course, you know, if you're able to only watch part of this episode today, that's okay. The episode is going to be actually up in full later on tonight, hopefully, on our YouTube channel, The Kula Show on YouTube. Also, it'll be on our Instagram channel, IGTV. Since the show is only an hour long, it can go up there, the entirety of it, at The Kula Show on Instagram. Also, you can listen to it as well. Make sure you go to your favorite podcast or whether you listen to us on SoundCloud. Always forget SoundCloud to mention them. Make sure you follow us on there. You can also listen to us on your if you have an Android Google Podcast. If you have an iPhone, Apple Podcast. If you don't even like using either, if you like using Spotify, you like using iHeartRadio, You like using TuneIn. I guess that's still a thing. TuneIn Radio we're still on. Make sure you can li- you can always listen to us too. If you don't feel like watching, if you feel like you're just on the go but you want to hear the best hockey content, and I say the best kind of you know haphazardly, not really being honest, but you can do all of that and get your. Your fill Phil of the Kewl Show, Quick Shift Edition. And we got, of course, make sure we got to thank our sponsors today, mybookie.ag. Football coming up this weekend. The NBA playoffs are still going on. Baseball is almost done, at least the regular season. And the Jays can possibly do it, guys. If they beat, somehow beat the Yankees tonight, they can clinch a playoff spot. I repeat, the Blue Jays can make a playoff spot. I say that because, you know, they're playing the Yankees, and it's either going to go one of two ways. The Jays win by a lot, or the Yankees win by a lot. It's never a close one. It's, it's, it's interesting, to say the least. But make sure you go on mybookie.ag and sign up using the promo code 12OUNCHSPORTS. Sign up for free. Bet on your favorite sports. Win and get paid using mybookie.ag. And, of course, second string leather company up right above my right shoulder today. I'm so happy it's over here this time because it's on my side of the table, even though I'm, well, the only one here. So I guess it really doesn't matter which side of the table it's on today. But you know what I mean. Second String Leather Company, hashtag crafted from the crease. Whether you have, you know, old pads that you want to get rid of, you know, say your significant other telling you, Ty, you got to get rid of those old pads. You don't use them anymore. Well, use them for a good reason. Send them in to Second String Leather Company. Tell them what you want made. Do you want a wallet with it, a bathroom bag with it, some keychains, coasters? Tell them what you want done with it. And guess what? They do it for you. Part of their custom program. All good stuff from a Second String Leather Company. SecondStringLeather.com, hashtag. Crafted from the crease, and of course, I would be remiss if I would totally forget about mentioning the fact that we have awesome, awesome merchandise. Look at this stuff! Look at this stuff, guys! And I probably always keep forgetting to mention it because I've realized when we have the podcast for me, you listen to it. I say, "Look at this stuff!" And then you're like, "But Tyler, we're watch- We're only listening. We're not okay." It's Teespring, is where we, of course, where we go with our shirts. teespringcom slash store slash show. But between the cool and Show, there's little dashes in there. So be sure to remember that. Of course, if you're listening to the episode, just make sure, you know, just make sure that you actually uh, if you check the information the description in the episode, we'll have the link down there for you. So you can click on it and buy your TKS swag. We got all cool stuff. We got the logo, we got the TKS up here, we got the written out the cool show like you see on our banners, all sorts of cool stuff. So what are we going to talk about today? Well, there's this thing going on called the Stanley Cup final. We're 3 games in. And one team is halfway home in this series. The other team is looking a little bit out of sorts, at least compared to last night's game. We'll get to all that here in just a moment. Of course, we got some news. We got some teams saying that they're going to sign guys. Some that are not going to sign guys. Some that want to sign guys. Some guys say they don't want to get traded, but they may end up getting traded. Some teams that are in cap hell and some that have way too much cap because they won't sign guys. And we also have a trade to talk about. A trade. A trade. And then yes, well, our last trade, you know, Casper Kappan getting traded, but now we have another trade. And it does involve the Pittsburgh Penguins. So I mean, I guess there's that. So I guess Pittsburgh is staying active this off season, which, you know, this trade here may show that they are uh they're changing their ways a little bit. We'll get to that in the second half of today's show because we're gonna start off today with the Stanley Cup Finals. Boy! Boy, oh boy. Listen, after game one, we were going into the show on Monday, I'm like, man. Dallas may do this thing, despite my pick of Tampa. But then again, like I said, I I picked Tampa for well over a year now, so it's kind of hard to go back on it. But I'm just—I wonder if, you know, I'm like, man, Anton Dolbeau may steal this thing. And Game Two happens. Tampa starts off strong. All right. Well. Okay. I mean, it was just a weird game to watch because we just finished up with our show. There was no scoring. It was seemed like for the longest time. Braden Point gets a goal, his 10th at the time. Andre Pilat scores on the power play. All right, well, that's big because both the goals were on the power play. I'm like, man, it was just shocking because remember how Peyton said on Monday, they were 0 for their last 14, I believe the number was. Tampa's power play, despite having all these weapons, was just not able to capitalize. But then you get point scoring. Kind of a fluttery goal. Hugh Dobin thought it was going to come over further to his right. He was off angle. weak shot. I mean, a fluttering shot by point they didn't get a whole lot of, but it worked. Because guess what? The puck went in the back of the net. It went in that 6 by 4 down there. That's all that point needed. He's done that a few times these playoffs, if you haven't noticed. Andre Plott, my guy. Andre Plott, ninth of the playoffs. The 2 nothing, looking good. And then Kevin Shatkirk throws a wrist shot from the point, a weak muffin, but somehow it made its way through everybody in front of it. Hugh Dobin, he had no chance on that, guys. Come on now. Yet, It was a 3-0 game for Tampa. We're like, man, this is the Tampa team that we all came to see. This is going. Here we go. Tampa Bay Lightning Stanley Cup champs. Even though they haven't won a game yet, and it's only been one period. And all of a sudden, hold on. Dallas is like, wait a second. We know what it's like to be outmatched. Here's what we do. We send what used to be Captain America Joe Pavelski at him. He scores his 10th on the power play early in the second to make it a two-goal game. And then we just send in some random guy that no one really knows about and doesn't really score a whole lot. That's Matthias Janmark in this case, tipping in a shot. And it's 3-2. And let me tell you, things got a little uneasy there in that second period. Dallas just took over. You saw what, how Tampa just let off the gas entirely. And I say this, guys. You guys remember the game one in 2019 pl- first round last year between them and Columbus? 3-0 lead. Who came back and won four straight? Well, won that game and the three after, the Columbus Blue Jackets. This team has had a history of laying their foot off the gas and letting the other team come back in the game and end up winning. But they make it through. Vasilevsky makes a couple big saves there towards the end of the period, keeping the game. One goal margin. It goes into the third period. And then Tampa, I don't know if it was John Cooper. I don't know who stepped up in the locker room and said, not tonight, because they shut the door down. And, or they shut. They shut the door down. They shut the door and broke Dallas's offense down. I think Dallas had less than ten shots in that third period. The Bolts played a perfectly solid defensive game in that third period. End up coming away with the win. Dallas had a little bit of a flurry there towards the end, made things a little interesting, a little uneasy for Bolts fans, I'm pretty sure. But they come away with the win. Series is tied at one. Okay. All right. This is interesting now. It's so a one-one series. I, you don't know what's gonna happen because now it's all brand new. Dal, Tampa's got the momentum, but Dallas still has Hudobin. and they were able to show their resiliency by almost coming back despite falling down by a lot in that first period. And then game two, I'm sitting there, you know, I'm, you know, it's two. It was a Wednesday night, and I didn't have to work at all. I just got a text message from somebody. Hopefully, it's not because I'm ugly. I mean, well, that's true, but. Um oh my gosh. It was Kelly. There are two newfies at the do- oh man, there's two newfies at the dog. She's with Wixie right now at the dog park, and there's two newfies there. Oh man. I, mean, I love Newfoundlands are my favorite dog. I know I got a Corgi, I love I love Wixie to death. Newfoundlands are my dream dog, okay? They are my McLaren of dogs, if you will. Actually, no, it seems a little they're a little more obtainable than a McLaren. Anyways, regardless, back to the story at hand. It's a Wednesday night. Now, you know, I get home from work, from the studio. I'm like, okay, relax a little bit, play with the dog, get her all tired out before the game. Kelly makes a nice meal, and here we go. We're going to watch game three of the Stanley Cup Finals. Nothing crazy is going to happen. I then mean, all of a sudden, you know, I'm just like, nothing, nothing, nothing's going to happen. You know, they're same lineups. Both teams are going to come out hard. It's going to be crazy. Steven Stamkos is what? Steven Stamkos, all of a sudden, oh, yeah. He's going to, oh, excuse me, he's in warmups first. And then all of a sudden, oh, hey, he's going to play. Okay. All of a sudden, I'm like, Peyton. I'm texting Peyton because, like, we all thought to ourselves, like, there's no way. And I tweeted at uh, Justin Godfrey. Remember how we had him a la- week and a half ago now here on the Kula show from Raw Charge? We were talking with him, like, well, it'd be great to have him back, but, you know, it's probably not likely. And would it be worth it? That was the question we kept asking. And yet, he's going to play. And then I remember how, I think I can't remember if it was Peyton or Thomas on Monday, said, would it even be worth it to put him on the fourth line? Because you can't put him with the top guns. You can't put him on the power play. So they put him on Cedric Paquette's line on the fourth line. Okay. I mean, I kind of chuckle because, well, he wasn't going to play on the fourth line. What's the point in that? Hey, ease him back into the lineup. And you guys remember what I said about Stamkos. It is a, the fact that he's been there with the team so long, it's more or less so he has a chance, and would you want him in that game when you have a chance to do the thing? Yes, you do want him there, but I'm sure Cooper's really like, well, we got to make sure he actually can play just in case that game is a game six or a game seven, because if so, he's going to have to actually play and play a very important role. So, I mean, you, you wonder what it's going to be like, and I who tweeted, I think it was Greg Washinsky of ESPN tweeted, and he said, this is the same kind of energy. And it was Stamkos in warm-ups with the beard flowing, and everything. And then it was Infinity War, Captain America. And I'm just like, yeah. By the way, hot take here for all of you Marvel fans, all you comic book movie fans, whatever, MCU fans. I think they should have ran with the, the kind of the dark Captain America in the second movie or in the Endgame movie. That's just me. You know, I like the fact, oh yeah, but he's got to wear, it. I like the dark one. I'm sorry. I think it's kind of, I think it's, Pretty bad A, if you will. Bad A with a couple other letters after it. But regardless. And then people are all like, oh, but don't forget, didn't Thanos kill half of the people still when he was like that? I'm like, okay. Maybe this won't go well for Tampa. Maybe he'll be out there and it'll be a liability. But, anyways, the game starts. And boy, you know, I don't want to say deja vu is the word to use here because it wasn't exactly deja vu, but Mero Hayeskin, and I. I asked, we asked the question on Monday, has he been tailing off? And yes, he had a lot of points in that Calgary series, but he's still a very good player. And then just weak play in the neutral zone, turns, throws a blind pass across the neutral zone. And Kucherov's like, Christmas already? And he's just uh, slowly going in and then puts it by Hudobin. Oh, by the way, that's his seventh goal of the playoffs as well. I think, if I'm not mistaken, at this point, he does lead the playoffs in scoring. Yes, he has thirty points in these playoffs. It's pretty good. He's got twenty-three assists, which leads all forwards. However, his seventh goal puts Tampa up by a score of one to nothing. Just an awful giveaway by Miro Heiskanen. I mean, this is a guy that has shown time and time again that he can be extraordinary. And I say, I'm like, man, he looks like the number four. And a guy by the name of Robert Orr. And he did try spinorama there like Bobby Orr sometimes does. That was the wrong kind of spinorama, though. There, Miro. That was kind of a bad arama, bad arama. Yeah, make that a thing. And just Kucherov, just like, well, this is too easy. As soon as he catches that pass, I'm like, I mean, what's Dolby supposed to do? But then, you know, the game's kind of going along, okay. And all right, it's one nothing Tampa. Everything's got to be going good, right? And okay, hey, Stamkos is out there. Cool. All right, he's out there. Okay, he's out there again. Nice. All right, cool. He's. He's out there, again, that's, that's that's pretty neat, guys. Okay, oh, he touched, hey, he got a touch on the puck there. He goes, oh, my gosh, here he goes, oh, my gosh, he's scored! Stephen Stampco scores a goal! Holy cow! Guys, I I can't under, understate the fact that I was not sure that he was going to even play a whole lot. I'm like, I was waiting for, I was watching for him to play. And every time he's out there, I'm like, okay, that's, that's pretty unique. And I'm like, all right, that's good, he's out there getting some ice time. But I was like, huh, I, I just wondered if it was actually going to happen or what he was going to do because, I mean, I didn't think he was going to be a, a big-time player. I, I didn't think he was going to you know, play a key role in that game. Sorry, there were, I thought there was something about a, a funny play that – or a funny record that Stamkos had. I'll have to look it up later. But regardless, I, I was shocked because it, it's just so unlikely because I, I remember um, Steven Ellis, who we had last week here on the QL show from the Hockey News, he tweeted out saying he's feeling like Tyler Sagan's going to get a goal tonight. And I said, or if Stamkos is going to get a hat trick. And then he commented, well, that's a good start because he scores a goal. And, it was, and that's a Stamkos shot too. That just shows you that he hasn't lost that at all. Because it's a lower body injury, had a core injury, which does affect how this series will play out. And you know, but he gets the goal, and man, that bench. Because you know, when a guy scores his first goal, it's a big deal. Hey, the rookie score, guys. Woo, yeah. You know, even the guy that never hard, like hardly ever scores. Like, think of how the locker room when Patrick Maroon got the game-winning goal in double overtime in Game Seven. Dallas fans, you remember it? It was a pretty big deal because that guy doesn't score that many goals. At least, I mean especially in big moments like that. But here's Stamkos scoring, and that bench went ballistic. The guy hasn't played since he played, I think, before my wedding. Right? I think because he hadn't played since against the Leafs, and I think that was before the wedding. It was after my birthday, before Kelly and I's wedding. That's how long it's been since he's played. And it was just, it was crazy, and I I was like shocked that he was even going, and then Next thing you know, he, he 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 didn't he didn't come back. He, he what? Where, he was just here, it, guys. It literally was the epitome of Stone Cold Steve Austin, which is funny because Steven. Stone Cold Steven Stamkos, Steve Austin in '99 when mankind versus the Rock for the World Wrestling Federation Championship on Monday Night Raw. And he comes out, hits the rock in the head with a steel chair, and then he drags Mankind on top of him. Mankind wins the first championship of his career, January 4th, 1999. I was three. It was a, And that's what it felt like. Steve Austin, not at Raw the entire night, doing nothing, nothing important. All of a sudden, bang, helps Mankind. Stamkos doesn't do a whole lot and scores, and then he leaves. Obviously, it has to be something with the re- possibly reaggravating the injury, or that was the plan. That was the plan to see if he can actually go, if he can show that he can play, if he can play enough that, if that day comes, that he can be in the lineup, and if he has to go out there, he can. He may not be on the. He may not go above the fourth line this entire series, and I'm sure Stamkos understands that as well. Which takes us to one of our questions, our hashtag AskTKS, which you can always do before our shows, even if you jump in the comments as well or the chat. Cornerstone Capper, one of our shows here we have on 12-Ounce Sports, talks about all sorts of stuff. He asks the question, will Stamkos play again in this series? And Capper, to what I say to that is, if the Tampa Bay Lightning are on the verge of winning. And... Because it's different. It's because this, is, this would be his first cup. He has been with the franchise now for 13 years. Don't forget, he was drafted in 2007, right? I'm, I think he was drafted in 07 because Hedman was 06. Steven Stamkos draft. He was drafted in, excuse me, 08, pardon me, 12 years. 12 years. He has been with the Tampa Bay Lightning. This guy has done everything there. He scored 60 goals. He has been a World Cup of Hockey champion, world champion, not a gold medalist, Olympic gold medalist, I know, but that's neither here nor there. But he's been such a key part of that franchise for so long. You just have to think that if it comes down to it. If there's a chance that he's going to be out there. Now, a lot of people remember the 2001 Colorado Avalanche Cup. Peter Forsberg, remember, blew out his spleen and didn't play the rest of those playoffs. He came out just wearing a sweater and it was at the end. Of course, that was remember, that was the Raymond Bork Cup year. I wonder, honestly, but here's the difference. though. Peter Forsberg, they won the Cup in 96. It wasn't like his first Cup ever. And of course, he blew out a spleen. You, if you take a hit, you're almost, it's, it's not good, but yet this is, and like if Stamkos can, if he's like 60%, he's going to go. It's it's so crazy. It's, it's funny because Steve Iserman had all those knee problems and Steve Iserman had all those injuries and he was able to fight through them. But those were in the days where you could do that. Everyone is such a high peak athleticism and physicality and speed that if you slip up just a little bit, you get burned way too easily. And, and you know what? I mean, you know, God bless Stamkos, but he's not at that point where he can play top minutes. But if it came down to it, if they're 60 minutes away from winning that gosh darn thing, I'm still knocking on wood for Tampa fans, and my pick as well. You got to go. You got to go with him. You got to put him in the lineup. I know you like the eleven-seven 7 Cooper, but for the sake of your captain, for the sake of... I mean, listen, I know. it's this, These playoffs have been Point, Kucherov, Hedman, Vasilevsky. Those have been your guys. But Stamkos has been there. Hedman is the only guy on that team that's been through more snot than Stephen Stamkos. And by more snot, I mean a whole season. That guy had. I mean, those two guys. There's any two guys that get the cup first. They knock on wood again. Stamkos and Hedman. I don't. There's no other reason it should be any any other order. Because Stamkos is your captain, and Hedman's been there the longest. It's just the this perfect story if you can do it. I don't expect him to play tomorrow night. I don't expect him to play on Saturday because. It's incredibly difficult to look at it in the fact that, I mean, you may see, I, I say he won't play Friday or Saturday because I, he only played like three minutes last night. You could tell he's not all there. He had that one good burst of energy, got the adrenaline pumping on that one shift, and that's what sent him the speed, and that's what gave him the shot. He can't do it for a full night's work, even on a fourth line type schedule. If you were to play him, you'd want to play him in the back-to-back where you're going to have a little bit more fatigue amongst your players. That I understand, but that's why Cooper likes to go with the seven defensemen because obviously defense is what Tampa needs in order to win this series. So, long story short, yes. But Tampa's got to win one more game for that to happen. Hey, you're right. If Tampa does win tomorrow night, then you're right. Stamkos will be in the lineup on Saturday. 100%. If they lose tomorrow night, they win Saturday, Monday night, you're darn right, Stamkos to be in the lineup. And you're darn right, if Game 7 comes around on Wednesday, guess what? He'll gosh darn be in the lineup. Because the NHL. Just crazy, isn't it? It's just... It's fun. It is fun indeed. The rest of the game, here's how it went. Well... I mean, looking at that, just one big thing. You would think, man, because that first period, Dallas actually outplayed the Lightning. They outshot him sixteen to eight in that first period. Jason Dickinson scoring his second of the playoffs, thing it was scoring his second of the playoffs, making a one-goal game. A nice one-timer that beat Vasilevsky. And I think it was like fifteen to five or sixteen to five at one point. Like at that point in the Stamkos goal, Dallas was still controlling the play. And then the second period happened, and Hedman scores on a nice one-timer. His 10th, by the way, which puts him solely in third place for the most goals in one playoff year by a defenseman. He passed some guy like by the name of Brad Park and some guy named Robert Orr. I guess they were pretty good back in their day. Only Norris Trophy-winning defenseman's guys. No big deal. He sits now behind Brian Leach, who had 11 and 94, and Paul Coffey, who had or 12 and 85. 12 and 85 with the Edmonton Oilers. He's, I'm just saying, okay, I'm just saying that too. If it gets to that point of the clinching game and Tampa can play around a little bit, give Hedman the puck. Let him score every chance he gets. Come on, I mean, he may score tomorrow night. He may score Saturday. Night, who knows? But still, third all time in the single playoff year by a defenseman. Definitely something you can tip your cap to. Braden Point and Andre Palat score their 11th and 10th. They're second in as many games. And it's 5-1. They end up, Dickinson ends up scoring in the third period to make it 5-2. Boy, oh boy. 21-4 were the shots on goal. Remember we talked with Thomas on Monday? I don't expect 22-2 periods anymore, you know, especially in these playoffs. Especially how Dallas can be so defensively sound. Tampa's like, fine, 22-2, we won't do that. We'll give them a couple more shots, but we're still going to get over 20 shots in one period. Good gosh, Tampa just turned on the afterburners, and like I said, Dickinson scored. The game got really chippy. A lot of pushing and shoving punches and and whatnot. I mean, I think Gurianov got in with somebody. Everyone was just getting all mad at each other, but then again, anytime there's a blowout, doesn't matter if it's the Stanley Cup Finals, playoffs, preseason, Regular season, if a game gets up by like four or five goals, guess what? Some gloves may come off and some sticks may go up in the air. It ain't pretty, boys. That's why if there was ever a game back in the old IHL days, if it ever got four or nothing at any point, it just turned into fight night. I, I, I remember there was a game probably 10 years ago now. It was with Griffins and I think Milwaukee. There was 18.2 seconds left in the third period. Gramps was like down like six. We were still there, and the game, and I remember the time, it was like 927, I think it was, when there was a face-off in Milwaukee zone. And by the time the final buzzer went, it was like 940, 945. There were like five or six fights in that last 18 seconds. It's just it's ridiculous that way. Then again, they started making rules after that. So if you fight the last five minutes, you get spent, at least they do in the junior ranks. Anyways, Tampa does win five to two, two in a row, back to back. They go into Friday night with a chance to take a stranglehold on this series. They have a ch- guys. There's a possibility, like I said, there's a possibility that this may be the last Quick Shift edition here of the TKS. Do I want it to be? No, because I like doing these shows. These are fun, but I know once soon as the season's over, it ain't gonna matter. So I just I wonder if if it's possible for Tampa to do this. Number one, they ha- they. if they win tomorrow night, I don't see how Dallas can come back. Even to win, even to force a game six on Monday night. I don't see that happening. Just because, think of it this way, you're so down and so tired, because Dallas was a team that blew a 3-1 lead. I just don't think they can pull it off. So if Tampa wins tomorrow night, then yes, I say the series is done on Saturday night. I'll be watching the game. Kelly will be working, unfortunately. And Monday will be our celebration. But and it is, there's a great possibility that Tampa wins tomorrow night. And we're going to be, next Thursday, will be the last quick shift for sure. And Alex, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drag Alex out here to do our cup celebration then. Because, first of all, I have to get Harrison back for that. Two, we just... I mean, it's, it's, I mean there will be no more games after that. I just... I still think Tampa's going to do it because they're my pick, but there's a really good chance if they can continue to ride this momentum, if they can continue to play the way they've been playing, there is a 100% certainty in my mind. Actually, we'll go 95%. Okay, there's five. I mean, 95 still an A. That 95% that Tampa will get it done on Saturday. Like I said, Stamkos won't play tomorrow. If Tampa wins tomorrow, he'll be playing on Saturday night. We will all have to see how the rest of the series goes. Make sure you throw in your throw in the comments, throw in the chat, and of course, Cody Jansen. asks... ooh, ooh. I guess we have one more question before we go to break. Thank you, Cody Jansen, for jumping in there. I just looked at the chat here. Is Hudobin's Cinderella story done? And Cody, I'll be honest with you. I don't. I don't. If the, if he plays well tomorrow night, like I said, we're gonna be talking next Thursday about whoever won the Stanley Cup. I don't think it's done because. I I don't blame last night on him. I don't blame Monday night on him. It's just, you could see that Tampa's able to get to Dallas and get through Dallas. And, and Hugh Dobin, he still has that ability to steal a game. If he does it tomorrow night, listen, we'll be talking about a whole different series here. It'll be tied at two. So I don't think his Cinderella story's done. If, like I said, if Dallas loses tomorrow night, though, then yes, the answer is yes. But even if... You can't look at Hugh Dobin's entire playoff run. I know we've talked about the last two episodes, but you can't look at Hudobin and say, man, this guy, he's been he has not been a factor. He has been the MVP for the entire playoff run. Miro Heis- Heiskanen, he's been back and he's been up and down. He's the leading scorer, yes, but he's been up and down. I would go with Hugh Dobin as the Dallas MVP. I don't think there's any question about that. Win or lose this series, no matter if they lose on Saturday night, they lose out, they lose in five, they lose in six, or they lose in seven. Antonio Dobin should be considered the dallas mvp of these playoffs that said we got some more stuff to talk about here on tks we're gonna go to break and when we come back we will be talking about some trades some transactions some possible trades we're just gonna have to see how all of that goes we'll be back with more of the CULA show right after this here on 12 out sports And welcome back, everyone, to The Kewlis Show here on 12-Ounce Sports Quick Shift Edition. Maybe the last, maybe not the last. We'll have to see here on 12-Ounce Sports. Thank you all very much for tuning in. Use the hashtag TKS at The Kewlis Show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to talk about today's show. Jump in that ch- the chat the ch- section. Jump in that chat section there, but jump in the chat section. If you're on YouTube, of course, throw it in the comments. If you're on Facebook or, Insta- or F- Instagram on Twitter. Hey, you can catch the replay on the Cule Show's Instagram, at the Cule Show on Instagram, IGTV as it's called. People are like, oh, it's so annoying I have to click on the next thing to actually go watch it. Listen, guys, I don't control Instagram. But if you're scrolling through whatever, like, you know what? I got 59 minutes to kill. Hey, there you go. Click it and go ahead and play a little bit. Throw that, click, Double click and do that heart thing. I'm still kind of trying to fully figure out this Instagram. Like I post stuff all the time for myself, and I post a picture of the wife every so often, even though she'll probably disagree with me. But I think I post every every so often about her. Uh, how's everyone doing today? Everyone doing good? Of course, we, if you were just tuning in, and we did already recap the last couple of games of the Stanley Cup Final, as I said before, if you missed that, it's okay. The replay on Instagram on YouTube. Also, the audio only, the podcast form of TKS. That'll be up on your favorite podcatcher. I don't know why I did the whole Jedi thing. Credits will do fine. These are not the droids you're looking for. The Kewl Show will be on your favorite podcatcher. See what I did there? That means you're going to tune in to post it or tomorrow morning. It should be up by tonight, knock on wood. I'm sorry. I'm very superstitious when it comes to that I picked Tampa to win, so that's why I knock on wood whenever I talk about them. And I hope everything works out swimmingly because I, I've, I've I've been wrong before. If you guys remember the episode a few weeks or a few months ago now, it seems like, wow, it's been that long already. When I talked with Jeff Lurie, former Michigan State goaltender, former pro hockey goaltender, we were talking about superstitions at one point, And I remember he mentioned like, well, you know, I do have a routine, but you know, if you really work hard, you don't need to worry about being superstitious during the game. And I'm like, see, Jeff, that's the difference between you and I. You were good enough to do that. I was not. I needed everything to be to a T. To a T. That's me, Tyler. Hey, look at that. TJK, TKST is the way to be. Oh my gosh. I can't believe I just did that out loud. And this is on live streaming as well. We're in trouble, boys. We are in trouble. Let's get to some news. All right. How about it? So. The big news that happened today, the big story, a trade involving the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Florida Panthers. Guys, I I mean, I didn't, you know, I'm not saying I don't expect stuff to happen, but it's still weird to me. And let me know what you think about this. Let me know how weird you think this all is, is that there are trades and transactions happening during the Stanley Cup playoffs. Not even in regular years were there trades, at least not notable, like minor leaguer for you know conditional seven, something like that, right? This is different. This is big time trade. Well, pretty big, I would say. Patrick Hornquist going to the Florida Panthers for Mike Matheson and Colton Sevier. I I you know when Jim Rutherford made that trade for Casper Kapanen earlier on. I was like, okay, maybe they're just trying to retool and get a little bit better. Hey, they got the guy they drafted for so long ago. They gave him up for Phil Castle. It worked out. That's two Stanley Cups, remember? But now they get him back. I'm like, okay, they're they're trying to stay strong, stay competitive. And they make this trade. And I'm like, huh, that that's really interesting. And I'm not going to say Mike Matheson is not a worthy player, but... I'm saying that is Pittsburgh on the down? Is Are they on the down slide here? Are they down the decline? I mean, Matheson's a capable defenseman. He's not old. He's not small. He's he's decent. He's a top four guy with the Panthers. And the way Pittsburgh's defense may be nowadays, he may be playing top four minutes for them as well. And Colton Sevier, I just... Well, you know, I... I Okay, I mean, he's a minor league guy. He's a guy that can play every so often, but it's it's quite interesting to see Patrick Hornquist go because that guy is, he's a skilled player, but he's a gritty player at the same time. Like, that's a guy that you want to make a run, and I know he missed a lot of time this year with injury, and I don't know if that's something that Jim Rutherford starting to realize. That, hey, he this guy can be injury-prone, injury but... I don't know, I mean, is this, and like I said, I said this before, I can't exactly remember when I said it, but I know I've said it quite often, as long as 87 and 71 are on the roster, Pittsburgh's not going to try to lose. Those guys are going to try to win for as long as those two guys are around, all right? So until that day comes and they hang them up, I don't see Pittsburgh not trying to win. So I guess they're just – I mean, unless they're just trying to retool. I mean, they got Kapanen, so they have – like that's another guy that's skill but can play feisty at times. Okay, that could fill the role of Hornquist. And you get Matheson, a defenseman, and, you know, Crystal not getting any younger, and Pittsburgh's defense at times. I mean, they're moving on from Justin Schultz. This is a team that's a little depleted on the back end, albeit. And, I mean, unless they're open to moving Matt Murray – I mean, we talked about it a little bit with Alex – you know There are options for Pittsburgh to get better, but obviously they realize that they don't need the forwards anymore. It's not the forwards they have the problem with. It's the defense and the goaltending. So maybe watch Jim Rutherford try to get better back there. I don't think this team is going to – they're not going to go out and go after a top scorer. They need to work on their defensive play first because let's be honest, that's what killed them against Montreal is that the Canadians, while they're resilient and tenacious and tough at times – That offense should not get through Pittsburgh. I mean, yes, Carey Price stole the show, but Nick Suzuki. I mean, I'm not going to knock down Nick Suzuki because he was incredible, and Yoel Armia played big minutes for Montreal in that series. But at the same token, they they still they showed in the regular season that they were not a dominant force at all. So tough for Montreal, but I mean, you know, good things for Montreal. But I think Pittsburgh is really going to focus on that moving forward, and that's why I see this trade and I think, wow. They're trying for something different here. If you're going to give up Hornquist, who's, been, who's such a big part of those two Stanley Cup championship teams, that they're going to let him go and bring in a defenseman and a minor leaguer, just to kind of, well, a minor leaguer, so I guess you could try to add up the value, because I guess Matheson, I, and I would agree that Matheson is not the same caliber, not the same value and talent as Patrick Hornquist, one for one. So you add another player, makes it a little bit more generous. This is, of course, we should also mention the first trade that Bill Zito has made, first real big move as a GM of the Florida Panthers. Remember, he just got hired just a few weeks ago. So, good thing, good news for him. A couple of guys that are not going to be with their teams. Of course, at least that's the report. Coming out of Ottawa, Mark Borietzky and Craig Anderson, longtime goaltender for the Ottawa Senators. Those two guys are currently not going to be offered by Pierre Dorian, the Ottawa Senators. So after the big news that they're going to get to wear the cool sweaters again, uh, they're not going to be part of Ottawa anymore. And I wonder how that's going to work too, because Borietsky, I think he's pretty old. I should have looked up their numbers before we got here. Hold on a second here. Give me all one second here. Here we go. Mark Borietsky. He is older than dirt. No, he's not older than dirt. He is 31 years old. You know, 18 points last year. That's not bad for 53 games played and. The guy that spent his entire career with the Ottawa Senators was there during the 2017 run. I mean, he's, I mean, I don't say he's a heart and soul. I mean, he is a heart and soul kind of a player, but a guy that's been there a long time. And of course, Craig Anderson, who was there through that entire run as well. As I search Craig Anderson, why did that not come up? Oh, I spelled Craig wrong. That's why. So, why did Craig Anderson not come up? Memphis guy spelled him Cryag. Craig Anderson. You know, I mean, the Ottawa Senators were not the greatest last year. He went 11 and 17 and 2, a 9.02 save percentage, 235 goals against the average. Ever since that cup winning or that run to the Stanley Cup Conference Finals against Pittsburgh, ironically, I, you know, he just hasn't been the best. Neither has the Ottawa Senators. So I guess moving on from him would not be an awful idea. Let's jump on their cap friendly here to see. Who they could replace? I guess who they could fill the roles with. Obviously Ottawa and Pierre Dorian they're gonna look for goaltending and there is a lot of talent that's possibly gonna be out there. Right now their defense, after admittingly they're not they're moving on from Boryatsky, they have roster Thomas Shabbat. Okay, of course he's gonna be there for a long time. He is signed through what was it again, 2020 2028 with an eight million dollar per year flat. No signing bonus, no performance bonus, just straight. Cash, homie, for Hot Sam The key Nikita Zaitsev is signed through 2024. Remember that $4.5 million AAV that he signed with the Toronto Maple Leafs that got traded over in last offseason. 1.15 for Mike Riley and Christian Wolanin is signed for one more year before coming in RFA. Goaltenders are Marcus Hoberg, the backup, and then Anders Nielsen. And that may be the guy, unless they can find someone before next season, that may be the guy to go with and I know his numbers weren't astronomically great either, but he wasn't bad. I mean, yeah, 3-1-8's not pretty. But there were some games that he stood out and he showed how good he was. Remember like when he was in Buffalo? Anyone was I mean, Vancouver wasn't the greatest for him either, but I don't think the Canucks were that good either, to say the least. But there were times when he showed promise. And, you know, I'm not saying he's going to be the starter forever, but he could be a guy for a rebuilding team that you could put on. And But then again... Look at the guys that are going to be available. Jimmy Howard's going to be available. You're going to have poss- possibly Matt Murray if you can talk a trade. I don't know who you'd be able to give up for to get Matt Murray to Pittsburgh, excuse me, because that's a team that's looking to be competitive for a while. I will say this though. I just cuz I'm looking at it right now, they're cap friendly. I wouldn't want to trade in draft picks because look at what the Senators have this coming year. Because don't forget a team that traded a lot of remember, they had a chance to have the first round pick, but they gave it away to Colorado to get rid of Matt Duchene. Remember how that all worked out? So here's what they have. Remember they have the or they have the Sharks pick that got they got from Eric Carlson. That turned in to a top five pick, along with their own top five picks. They have two picks in the top five they have another one in the first round. They have four in the second round, four draft picks, which includes the Islanders that they got in the trade in, uh, of uh, that traded for J.G. Pajot. They have that one. They got the one they got from Dallas last season that saw him trade Oscar Limbert. Well, excuse me, Mark Mathot for Dylan Ferguson, and then Vegas flipped that back to Ottawa. Remember how Mark Mathot got picked up by Vegas in the expansion draft. And that is when Ottawa gave up Markstone and Tobias Lindbergh for Oscar Lindbergh, Eric Brandstrom, and that uh, second-round draft pick. Eric Brandstrom, keep out and look for him, guys. And, of course, the Columbus pick, which was in the Ryan Dezingle to Anthony Duclair trade. Not the one that sent Duchesne in there. Just remember that. They have two in the third, one in the fourth, one in the fifth, but it's not their own. It's the one they acquired from Tampa when they traded Mike Condon for Ryan Callahan. That was just the cap-dump move by Tampa. Two in the sixth, not their own. They have the one in San Jose that they got for that was the Mike Hoffman. That was the Mike Hoffman deal. They sent Mike Hoffman to get Mikhail Bodker and Julius Bergman, and then St. Louis's sixth, where they got that from from Edmonton because Edmonton got that when they traded Jakob. It was a very dumb minor league trade. Long story short, that's how that came around. They don't have their own seventh, but still they have a lot of picks early on, so a lot of possibilities for talent. I like Rod was sitting right now. With the draft picks. And of course, they could get another goaltender. Could it be Marc-Andre Fleury? Well, according to Marc-Andre Fleury, no. Because Marc-Andre Fleury, he doesn't want to go anywhere. He wants to end his career as a Vegas Golden Knight. As he tells The Athletic. And, I, and it's very interesting because, don't forget folks, he has a modified no trade clause the modifications, he submits a 10-team no-trade list, which I would think, ladies and gentlemen, despite him being a French-Canadian and Ottawa's pretty close to the border, I don't think he'll want to be an Ottawa senator because that's a rebuilding team. He loves Vegas. Bill Foley, he said he's been nothing but wonders for Bill Foley. And here's the kicker. Obviously, Vegas has interest in re-signing Robin Leonard. Fleury loves playing with Leonard. They get along there. He considered them buddies. Goaltending tandems that are friends. Oh, my gosh. Did you guys hear me smack my mic, mic? I mean, you saw me, but it's a, you know, it's tough to look at because think of it this way, guys. They only have $4.9 million in cap space, and that includes the RFAs for Nick Cousins, Chandler Stevenson, John Merrill and Derek England. You may have to get rid of them. Thomas Noshik is a UFA, and you're going to go after Robin Leonard. And Robin Leonard, folks, unless some, for some reason Marc-Andre Fleury is like, I know I'm making seven, buddy, but you got to make less than five. I don't think Leonard's going to take a pay cut like that. If not, there he goes. He's going to go to a different team because they're going to have to move some players. I mean, I'm looking at their contracts right now. They have six guys that are making over $5 million forwards. They have seven – or excuse me, okay, let's just go in total of how many guys are making over $5 million they have nine. Marc-Andre Fleury's got seven mil for two more years. Shea Theodore and Nate Schmidt on the back end. Shea Theodore making 5.2595 for Nate Schmidt, both through 2025. And then on the front lines, you got Jonathan March. So he's making five mil until 2024. Riley Smith, who's making five for two more seasons. William Carlson, who's signed for 5.9 until 2027. I had to click his link because it was going off the board. for one more year for Paul Stasi. Max Pacioretty's got seven for three more years. And then there's the Mark Stone deal, which is 9.5 until 2027. I... I, Eventually, Vegas fans will have to experience a losing season. Is 2025 going to be the year? I don't know, boys, because this team... I, I want this franchise to continue to do well, even though it's getting a little annoying that they haven't lost anything yet, but... You want them to. I mean, eventually they're gonna. They're eventually they're gonna fall off. There's no question about it. Eventually they're gonna tail off, and Mark Andre Fleury may have to be the guy that gets moved. But here's the thing: he actually has to Knicks. He has to allow, he has to waive his modified no trade clause, because he can say, "I, can, I don't want to go to the, these ten teams," and then somehow Kelly McCrimmon's gonna have to be like, "All right." Where else can we move him? Because he's going to want to go to a good team. But with a flat cap right now, no one's going to take on a $7 million goaltender unless they know he's going to be their starter. Where is he going to be the starter for a team that's going to be competitive? I, where? Unless for some reason, and I'm just going to look at their space before I say anything, because remember Alex mentioned him on Monday, I almost punched him. I'm scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Just clicking. Well, they only have have $6 million. I was looking at Pittsburgh for Alex's sake. They only have a little over $6 million in cap space. And looking at their RFAs, Murray and Yari are both RFAs. So maybe not Pittsburgh. Anyways, I just had to look again to make sure that there was not a possibility. But regardless, it'll be interesting to see. What happens with Fleury, even though he wants to stay in Vegas? Because you hope he does. The, the franchise, the city loves Marc-Andre Fleury. They're happy that Leonard played well, but Fleury became a fan favorite instantly. Fans took to him like Pittsburgh took to him. And yes, Pitt, you know, Vegas fans haven't quite been able to see Marc-Andre Fleury's real downfall, as they saw in Pittsburgh. Because don't forget, 2018, they go to the final. 2019, they get screwed. 2020, Robin Leonard stole the job from him. They've not seen the bad Marc-Andre Fleury. And by the bad of Marc-Andre Fleury, I mean the Marc-Andre Fleury that chokes in the playoffs. That's what I mean with the Vegas Golden Knights fans. Uh, I guess staying in uh, uh, West, Bob Bogner is going to return as the head coach of the San Jose Sharks. He'll remain the bench boss. Remember, he took over after Pete DeBoer got fired, and then Pete DeBoer got hired by the Knights, and the Knights went to the conference. But anyways, Bob Bogner getting an opportunity. Yeah, I mean, the team's not going to be that good anyways, so let the guy get some coaching experience in him. I don't think, I'm pretty sure Doug Wilson realizes the writing's on the wall. This team's not going to be that good. So I say give the guy a year. Let him get some experience, and if it doesn't go well, it doesn't go well. Dallas Aikens sitting somewhere and be like, I got my opportunity, and now look where he's coaching again. A bad team in the West. Hey, poor Dallas Aikens. Great minor league coach, not the best in the NHL. Last order of biz before we wrap things up here on this quick shift edition of TKS, NHL has released their off-season training protocols. Chris Johnson on Twitter tweeted out today, quote, NHL teams will be permitted to reopen their training facilities to players for voluntary workouts as of October the 15th. A maximum of 12 players can be on the ice at the same time. So pretty much means a week or so, a couple weeks after the Stanley Cup Finals, they can start skating again. Which, you know, obviously they're, they're going to try to have the open mind, but there is a chance they, I mean, they really want to try to get it in before January. We talked about it with Gary Bettman. We're not with Gary Bettman about what Gary Bettman said on Monday with Alex. We had Gary Bettman on the show, boy, hopefully it doesn't look at the old episodes. Cause Hey, that's me. Tyler right there. Tyler Kuhl. Hey, look at me go. But you know, just it's interesting that they're already announcing when they're going to come back. I mean, Then again, I knew players that would come back. You know, the season would end in, you know, May in the AHL. And, you know, by the end of June, we're back on the ice. So it's not rare that teams will come back so fast, especially – I mean, think of it this way. Think of the teams that haven't played since the pause. So your Ottawa, it's your Buffalo, it's all your California teams. And, of course, you're considering Detroit. Did I say Buffalo? Ottawa. Buffalo, Ottawa, Detroit. Come on, Tyler. Simple math. Buffalo, Ottawa, Detroit, California teams. Who am I missing here? Guys, who am I missing? I'm missing a team. Who else was it? New Jersey. Thank you, New Jersey. I'm like, there's another team somewhere. I'm like, there had to have been in the East. Yep. So New Jersey, Ottawa, Buffalo, Detroit, and LA, San Jose, and Anaheim have not skated in about seven months. So now I'm pretty sure i will be like October 15th. Hey, that's when they would start the season normally. Get them on the ice. There you go. So it'll be interesting to see how all that goes. So I think that's good about just about good enough here for this week's episode of the QL show quick shift edition. Like I said before, folks, it may be the last quick shift edition here for this season because we're only going to go to once a week, obviously, for the offseason and only once a week once the season starts back up whenever it does. Obviously, the playoffs a little bit more important. So that's why we had such extended coverage. If so, thank you very much. If not, well, next Thursday, we'll be sipping champagne. Will we? I could sip champagne. It's 12-ounce sports. We can do that, right? Oh, well, we'll have to all wait and see. Game four. Game four. Game four tomorrow night, 8 o'clock puck drop Eastern Standard Time, 6 o'clock local time in Edmonton. Game five on Saturday, I think, should be the exact same time as well. I'm just checking here to make sure. Uh, Yep. 8 o'clock for both games, Friday and Saturday, with Monday and Wednesday being 6 and 7, if necessary. Folks, thank you very much for watching this week's episode of the Kula Show here. A quick shift edition here on 12 Ounce Sports. And of course, once again, if you were not able to watch the entire episode, that's totally okay. Just make sure you check out the replay tomorrow. Make sure you tell us what you think. Use the hashtag TKS at the Kula Show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Follow us and have a good chat with us. We'll tell you what we think as well of your comments. And it'll be fun. Profits is next here on 12 Ounce Sports. See you all Monday. Goodbye.